This is the story of a man named Stanley. Stanley worked for a company in a big building where he was employee number 427. Employee number 427's job was simple. He sat at his desk in room 427 and he pushed buttons on the keyboard. Orders came to him through a monitor on his desk, telling him what buttons to push, how long to push them, and in what order. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Soapstone. I am Jake, joined by my co-host, as always, Dave. How's it going tonight, Dave? Sounds good. (laughs) Dave's actually here. I will be speaking for Dave tonight. Hello. (laughs) Pretty pretty, uh, convincing Dave impression I just did there with the hello, but you know. I'm here. I'm here. I'm sorry I'm quiet. (laughs) It's just who I am as a person. <laughs> when people ask you questions, you're just like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. What are we talking about tonight, Dave? Based on the intro, I want to say the Stanley Parable. Yeah, I guess it's kind of a given. We can we can spell it out for people. Stanley Parable. Uh, game came out a while ago. Nobody cares when it came out, but... Yeah. We, That's pretty much true. <laughs> yeah. So I could have sworn that... Uh, I owned this game because I remember playing through several of the endings and then I went to Steam to like be like, all right, let's like install this again, play it. And it's like, you don't own it. So I bought it and played it more. <laughs> Interesting. I, yeah, I remember I was playing it around the same time together. Yeah. And you're like, oh, did you get the, the one ending where XYZ? You're like, oh yeah, that's cool. So cool. <laughs> yeah. Because you hadn't hit puberty yet, that's what your voice sounded right, like. Right, yeah. I was like, oh man, everything is cool. Oh wow. Except oh, school, well, that neat. sucks. Yeah. <laughs> school sucks. But uh, yeah, what kind of what kind of game is Stanley Parable? This is a co-op No, up. it's a single player, first person, kind of a walking simulator in a sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, where you just kind of go through an area and you have a narrator, but... Like, that's at your very face value, what right. the game is. These are mechanically the base components of the game, right? It's definitely a WASD game. You right. can look around with the mouse. Yeah. Can't jump. Yeah, this is one of those... This is probably the last, like, source game I played. Like, it's got that classic Half-Life kind of Oh, yeah. Menu. If you look at all the, the textures and models, you're like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Like, this could have been built in Gmod. It might have been, but I don't know. Um... Also, going back, the graphics are not crazy intensive. No. Like, things had to scale down on my monitor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was the default of some ridiculous resolution. And, I mean, it basically is, like, Half-Life 2 style, as far as graphics are concerned. You don't really play this game for the graphics, necessarily. Uh, I'd say it's more about the experience, as many walking Oh, wow, that's... What a heartwarming statement. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Stanley Parable, you play as the intro conveyed as Stanley. Um, start out in your cubicle, and you haven't gotten any input for the day for your for your machine telling you what buttons to press. So you're like, all right, how do you go about this? Like, how do you how do you set out to make this right? So the first thing you hear is uh, the narrator kind of go. Well, after you explain the situation, he's like, mm-hmm. oh, and Stanley leaves his office to go find where all the fu- his fucking coworkers have gone. Yeah. Because nobody's in the office. And you kind of, like, walk out, look around. You see a very disheveled office. There's kind of papers strewn about. Mm-hmm. Tons of those uh, cardboard boxes filled with random folders and documents. Yeah. Empty desks and machines just kind of 
strewn about. It's just like a nondescript office from any movie that has an office in it. <laughs> Basically, it's office it's, space. Yeah. The other one. The uh, the the only interesting thing, probably at this point, that stands out is a little bit weird. Is if you look outside, everything's like bright white. You don't see yeah. anything outside the building. Which is just the game's way of, like, it's sunlight. Yeah. We didn't want to draw anything else out. You can't see anything else. But already, at this point, maybe maybe you didn't. Maybe you didn't leave your office. Maybe as soon as the narrator was like, hey, uh, you should... This is when Stanley left his office to find out what was going on. You could disobey. You could close the door, right? At which point, uh, the game ends, and I guess that's the quickest completion you could probably get. That's the speed run strat. Yeah. <laughs> close the door wait a couple seconds yeah the game itself is kind of dictated by the narrator and the guy has a really nice eloquent voice and describes things mm -hmm. as you act them out or as right. you're about to act them out and you kind of have these choices as you go along for do I want to linger here do I want to interact with this do I want to go left do I want to go right up or down and you kind of choose where the story goes right now you don't know that initially I think typically most people's first playthroughs are you listen to the narrator, you follow his instructions, yes, and then you, in quotes, beat the game, yeah. or you get an ending. Yeah, and there's there's like a couple choices involved in that, Pick, go, going through one of two doors, falling down a path, um, going upstairs, like punching a key code in your boss's office, going through all of this, and the narrator tells you exactly what to do. Like, there's no other way to really have the key code, but he'll tell you exactly what it is. Mm -hmm. So you're just following exactly what he says, which is the, I believe, the ending I got in both of my playthroughs, the first one, and then this one, the, the one I, I focused on first, was just the obedience playthrough, basically, right? Yeah. And as you first do that, you're like, okay, you've probably spent about seven minutes doing that, and then you get credits and you go back to the main screen yeah and an achievement for completing the game yeah, and then complete the game, the game achievement. and so you get a little bit suspicious like i just spent 15 or 20 bucks on this game yeah, it was 15 what yeah. the fuck was that so you're like well i'm gonna play again because as you went along you saw some divergent paths you right. saw like a sign that said escape yeah or some other things you're like well I'm going to just try something a little bit different and see what happens. Yeah. For shits and giggles. And at this point, you've already had, like, so the uh, the ending for obedience is you get to walk through these giant doors into this, like, really, like, it's a nice-looking neighborhood, blue skies, greenery, all the things that are basically absent from the office. And the narrator's like, Stanley's happy. He's found his freedom. All of this, like, positive stuff. Which, as it turns out, is probably one of the most positive endings to the game, is just doing exactly what you're told. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. A lot of things online have said, this is pretty much the freedom ending. Mm -hmm. You go through, as Stanley, who's always been pushing buttons and doing as he's told, and you, as the player, push your buttons and do as you're told mm -hmm. to get to the end to achieve, quotes, freedom. Right. Where you're no longer controlled by a voice and input. Yeah. Even though that's exactly that's what you fucking exactly did. exactly what you did, right? Um, but yeah, that was, that's the first ending. So so uh, on subsequent playthroughs, um, one thing the game will do is it'll change things up just a little bit, depending mm -hmm. on what you did. So I yeah. think if you get the freedom ending first, nothing particularly changes. Maybe one of the monitors at a coworker's station um, has like an input you can select. 
but that just like fills one bar on the monitor and then nothing else changes so you're just like yeah. oh whatever i'll just go through get a different ending or something right but then as you go through subsequent playthroughs that'll persist you mm-hmm. can actually fill up that bar on the input yeah yeah there's a there's definitely some sort of trigger that actually like resets it because i got to a point where like the uh, selection wasn't showing up for me right on other people's computers or maybe i wasn't finding the one computer that had it but um yeah, usually right after that obedience playthrough, you're like, okay, well, my first main choice was uh, listening to the narrator and going through the left door. So this time, you know, we'll mix it up. We'll go through the right door, but, which takes you to, I think, the best room in the game, the break room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which has, which has a, they have like a nice touch for this because the narrator's, like you already said, narr- narrator's voice is amazing. It's absolutely great. And for some reason, they picked this one room and the map where every time you enter the break room the narrator describes stanley's happiness and feeling of euphoria in this break room in increasingly intensive tones where it's just like um like could a man possibly love a break room <laughs> you know just continually crazy which i just i, I love that but eventually, after enjoying your time there in the break room and taking taking a load off, you gotta continue uh, into the much more open loading dock room, right? Like, yeah. And that one's probably the biggest room in the game so far. There's a lot of there's a lot of stuff to look at, um, and it doesn't really make any sense. Like uh, there's a uh, flat platform with no railing around it, and it's just like oh, it's got like a, a yellow border. Um, clearly meant to be important and he's like oh uh the narrator's like he stanley steps onto the platform and and continues upward and so you can get on the platform and it'll take you to a a higher level um which is here's your divergent choice do you stay on the platform do you jump off do you jump off onto a, a railing below you right like the thing is though like you you can't actually jump in the game right you walk off yeah you have to a... walk off but at this point you're not sure if you can fall and land which right. a lot of people try and then you die mm-hmm. but then you're like well there's there's kind of like a railing here maybe i could land there instead yeah so if you just drop off it's just the narrator just sarcastically congratulates your you know your bravery and sense of independence uh but you just died <laughs> you gotta reset from the beginning again um and that one's that's a fun ending to get. That's the powerful ending, yeah. <laughs> um, the other one would be uh, stepping off onto the platform, um, which continues uh, further off into chaos and a lot of other a lot of other endings. But if you stay on the platform, it'll take you up to a hallway that eventually uh, leads to a phone, and the narrator uh, starts to talk about it's like this. This is. This is the thing that matters, Stanley. Like, she's waiting for you. You just need to answer the phone. But as Stanley, you can't really speak yeah. or do anything. You can just move around and click buttons at most. <laughs> so there's there's uh, two divergent paths here, although the second one actually took me a while to figure out. One is answer the phone, mm-hmm. in which case uh, you get warped to uh, an apartment, presumably um, Stanley's apartment. Um, or you could disconnect the phone, just yank it out of the wall, 
Um, but for this one, I answered the phone, ended up at Stanley's apartment, and there's a, a voice of a woman inside. She's like, oh, Stanley, you know, I'm, I'm so glad you're home. I'm, let me just get this fresh break, baked bread out of the out of the oven. And then, like, her, uh, the door opens, and her voice just gets really, like, distorted and weird, and it's just like a mannequin. The narrator just starts laughing at you. He's just like, I can't believe, you know, you, you thought all of this was for you, you know. And then you walk back in. You walk into the apartment as you walk in and he's like he starts to describe how stanley um has spent so much time in the office just pounding on these these keys right just doing what the computer tells him um that he started to fantasize about how maybe all of his co-workers had vanished and he's investigating why that might be and you know he has a wife and he has all this stuff and the game has you just push buttons on your keyboard as you do this to continue kind of the story and uh every time you push a button his uh apartment turns into his office like switches out like part of it for like a desk or something like that right yeah well, it kind of just brings you back into the place that i think stanley as the character is trying to mentally escape from exactly which is kind of why you have all these different endings and paths you can take even the premise of like all of your coworkers being gone and going into your boss's office and finding like a secret pathway and like a mind control machine and all this random I'm gonna use a Jake quote random BS is <laughs> just because Stanley's been doing such monotonous things at like a very boring desk job for years. We don't even know how long. Exactly. It's just he needs some type of mental escape. And this is a recurring theme is uh different endings for the Stanley parable will uh, they'll claim themselves as true. Basically, they'll give you a definition for what's actually going on, and they'll all contradict each other. And this is this is one of them. So after you've he's finished explaining the sad state Stanley's in, um, and requiring you to hit these buttons, he'll say, uh, "It's like Stanley. It's very important that you don't press that next button prompt that pops up." And then the button prompt pops pops up, and literally nothing will happen until you press it in which case the game restarts <laughs> puts you back in your office yeah it one of the beauties of the game is how meta it gets because we talked about the initial playthrough where you kind of go up into your boss's office mm-hmm. and you're looking for a greater meaning behind everything that's going on and if you go through it the second time and you've just recently gotten the key code for your boss's office you're like oh i already know what to do let me just input that quick right so you can put the key code before the narrator has a chance to go through it again. Right, you're speedrunning. Yeah. And you're like, oh, here it is. And then uh, the narrator goes, well, hold on. <laughs> yeah. Kind of like Stanley's jumping ahead of the story. Maybe yeah. Stanley needs to take a load off and relax a little bit mm-hmm. listening to some new age music. So you're now just stuck in the room and something Enya-esque kind of plays for like yeah. 30 seconds. He's like, now nah, that's good. Don't you feel better? <laughs> because you're trying to like cheat the game exactly like the this is this is on the route towards that original obedience ending Mm -hmm. if you usually end up in uh, your boss's office and the narrator is perfectly satisfied with you just listening to exactly what he wants you to do and just doing exactly what he wants you to do um so anything to kind of deviate from that throws him off a little bit um and this one, like, even more than most. Because sometimes you go, like, off track and you're just like, Stanley uh, went through the right door because he's really dumb or something, you know, whatever. Yeah, but he'll try and be like, 
But then he went back this way exactly. to connect where the story needs to go. Exactly. But the narrator tries to keep you on track. Um, one option is uh, instead of going into the boss's office, uh, you can actually go to a side passage and uh, there's an elevator there. And if you step into that elevator, uh, it'll start to play some music for you. And uh, I was kind of tired when I was playing, so yeah. that music you guys heard, obviously, very chill, very smooth. And I was like, all right, this is a perfect opportunity. Dave can't judge me. I'm going to uh, just keep listening to this. We'll be sciencing up the game by seeing if uh, anything changes, if I just stay here in the hotel. Not the hotel, the uh, elevator. And I just laid down on the floor with my wireless headphones. Just listened to that for a while. <laughs> it was great. I'm glad you <laughs> do your own research for the game in your own ways. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, can't confirm. Does not change. <laughs> Just plays music for as long as you're in there. Um, but eventually you gotta leave that uh, elevator and you can resume the path through this uh, secret passage in your boss's uh, office to uh, follow down where the obedience ending uh, would have taken you. And you enter this very large room, kind of on a catwalk, uh, that is just completely surrounded by monitors, right? Yeah. You have the option to hit the first button, and it kind of illuminates the entire giant kind of uh, column. Yeah, it's like a cylinder, kind of, like hollowed out. Yeah, just giant huge cylindrical room, room yeah. filled with all these screens, and they all illuminate, and each one is tied to an employee number, and you can see their office, like there's a camera in everybody's office, and you can yeah. even find yours. Certain ones are off. Mm-hmm. Some there's guys one... said fired, right? Yeah, there's some that say fired. Uh, there's one that's just marked pirate <laughs> instead <laughs> of anything else. <laughs> As you go through the walkway, you have this realization like, oh my god, all these terrible things are happening. I've been in control this whole, this whole time. Yeah. And that's why I'm this boring, and this is why I do these actions. Exactly. Because I'm essentially programmed to by the higher-ups. Yeah. This is your Matrix moment, right? <laughs> your reality is a simulation, which makes sense with the rest of the game setup. Um, but continuing through that walk room, that walkway, uh, you uh, enter a large room that's just completely full of computers and buttons and equipment. And there's like a circular area in the center with a, a walkway over it with a red light spinning around it. You're just like, oh my gosh, what does all of this stuff in this room do? It looks entirely official, and you have colored buttons and different symbols and shapes yeah one of them is even like the brimstone symbol oh. from binding of isaac <laughs> really i didn't yeah. actually catch that that's actually great the uh the room i think is basically you could best like describe it as like an, a mad scientist's 
assistant room, basically, like where all his employees work. That's what it looks like. It looks like a spy movie room to me. Yeah, it's like where James Bond would be held right next door in the torture chamber, <laughs> yeah. and you're inside here with the vaulted walls and all of the cool lab tech. Yeah. And uh, the the way open before you at the far end of the room uh, takes you across a very like dark, there's barely any light in the room at all, um, uh, catwalk to a platform that has a mind control switch, and the narrator's like, Stanley, Stanley's made it. He's He's here at the end. He can free himself and all of his co-workers finally escape and this is all this is again basically doing what the narrator wants you to for the most part or mm-hmm. at least diverting back to that course um and if you you know flip that turn mind control off then that's exactly what the narrator says stanley does you get the happy ending exactly the wall kind of comes down you get to walk outside and see how pretty it is mm-hmm. and the narrator kind of remarks Stanley still kind of wondered what happened with his boss and why everything was set up that way and where all the his fellow co-workers are. But, eh, whatever. You can, the game kind of ends there. Yeah. So yeah. when you go back that second time, you're like, all right, well, screw you. I'm going to do the... I'm going to turn the mind control machine on. Yeah. See what happens there. Press the other giant button. Yeah. And the narrator kind of gets frustrated. And he's like, why would you, why would you do this? Yeah. And he's like, you know what, Stanley, if you're going to direct the story, that's fine. But what Stanley didn't know is that that button was actually tied to a detonation switch for the whole facility. <laughs> yep. And then a timer kind of starts up, and he says, Stanley had two minutes to frantic- frantically panic what was going on with everything. Yeah. And that's just deal with his mortality. And at this point, like most people are going to run back to the room they were in, and suddenly you realize that all of those switches you saw, maybe these are maybe these are the solution. There's like buttons numbered one through five at yep. all these different locations. There's things where like a, a pattern might like flash up on a screen or a color that might correspond to a switch at like someone else's station. There's all these combinations you can try a path, like a password, inter-password button for uh, one of the consoles. Um, just a ridiculous number of options for players to try to solve this, right? But none none of them do anything. Like, they all are just red herrings to make you think that there's a way to escape this ending. Yeah. And he kind of remarks, like, he likes seeing you going around frantically trying to figure out a way out of the situation. But it's all to drive home the fact that he wants to dictate the story. Exactly. And that you kind of took the reins when you shouldn't have. Yep. Stanley's not in control here. And uh, narrator likes his control. So, two minutes elapse detonation and the end is never the end is never the end is never the end is loading <laughs> yeah as your, your loading screen as you end up back in your office so compared to some other because we kind of said this is a bit of a walking simulator mm. normally in walking simulators you don't have much in the way of choices mm. you're kind of given a path and the story kind of happens around you right how do you think this ties in comparatively? Like, why do you think they did this differently? What do you think they're trying to convey? I think, I think part of it is they wanted to subvert people's expectations, especially like when this game launched, it wasn't at all obvious what it was about. Really? Like you knew it was the the rough outline for Stanley and not like having his coworkers around everything like that. But, um, the game is actually, I feel like the game conveys what it wants to convey best if your first playthrough is your obedient one if you just go all the way through because that's what 
a linear game would be. Yeah. I guess what your standard walking simulator would be. And anybody, I think, would be in a fairly similar boat. Like, if you purchase the game yourself, at least. Mm -hmm. Because, like you said, you're going through kind of a walking simulator, but then you want more than that seven minutes of gameplay to explore other options. Exactly. But for me, I had the game, and I think in, like, the first day or two, I had gone through most of the endings, and I was talking about it with friends, about what endings did you find, and looking things up online. Right. But then when people would come over to my place... I would say, here, play this game. Yes. It's like, what is it? I'm like, don't worry about it. Just do your own thing. Yeah. I won't comment. And it's interesting to see what people do. Because a lot of people, when they're put in the situation of, here, you try, mm-hmm. as soon as they get a direction of like, Stanley took the door on his right. Yeah. They're like, fuck you, I'm going left. Yeah. They think that they're going to try and break the game. Right. But instead, they're just following a different path and getting a different ending. Yeah. Because it's all one big game. Yeah. I was talking to you a little bit before this, and I said, like, in, on one hand, it is a walking simulator. It is, like, by definition, your only main control is interact and move around. You can't yeah. jump. You do get an achievement for trying to jump, and eventually, after trying enough times, it's just, like, achievement get, you can't jump. <laughs> um, but uh, it's it's also kind of a rebellion simulator. It's, like, figuring stuff out regardless of what you're told to do yeah because anytime like if you're you're playing through this game logically and you're just you know mapping decisions and paths in your brain um you might you know you might rebel you might go through that other door but then another choice will come up and he'll say like hey stanley went to get back on track and now you have another choice now you're like do i continue to rebel or do i get back on track how far am i willing to go with this and that's where like the content of the game just branches out from and I think it's like, if you were going to play the game, obviously, you probably should have played it before listening to spoil the whole thing. But um, like you said, inviting a friend over, having them play the game, like that's that pristine experience that uh, usually walking simulators uh, are the, the type of game to present to you. It's where everything's paced out and um, tailored so that the player's experiencing exactly what the developers want yeah yeah and i think this one pulls it off without being strictly linear which is i mean it's not linear at all no it's kind of like a a chaos spider web in a sense yeah where you have all these branching paths and you can kind of choose what to do and how you do certain things Uh, one of the things which i want to go back to if you go the other way through the conference room Mm -hmm. shortly thereafter there is a broom closet right and if you go into the broom closet, the narrator kind of comments, this is just a boring broom closet, Stanley left the broom closet. Yeah. And if you keep going back through subsequent playthroughs or hang out in there, mm-hmm. he gets, you know, kind of frustrated. He's irritated, right? Yeah. There is actually, if you stay in there long enough, mm-hmm. he keeps commenting separate things like, like, all right, I get it, Stanley. I'm sure you heard there, online there was some type of broom closet ending yeah. where he just completely breaks the fourth wall. Yeah saying but there's there's not do you really want to like say to your friends like oh i got the broom closet ending (laughs) just go back and follow the path exactly and you can actually get a broom closet ending if you just wait in there he's like fine (laughs) and then like the game ends and restarts (laughs) but then through subsequent playthroughs if you go back to the broom closet he has it boarded up and you can't go in anymore (laughs) none of that nonsense yeah this this game is very self-aware Sometimes they're trying to tell you, uh, sometimes the game will try to tell you, 
a story within the universe and that can be impactful in its own way. And sometimes games understand that it's a player playing a game yeah. and use that to full advantage. And this is one of those games. Um, there's a, a lot of different paths you can take to go to a lot of different endings. We can cover some of them, but um, some of the some of the interesting ones. One of them is uh, the narrator actually um, gets preempted by another. There's a woman's voice who begins uh, narrating, and this happens like right before the narrator has delivered you into basically a death trap. There's like these two giant smashers on like an assembly line, essentially mm-hmm. of containers. And he's just like, Stanley's going to die. <laughs> and then uh, this female narrator takes over and uh, basically creates a way out for you. And then you can go through what is a, an art gallery of um, literally the, the game's de- assets. Exactly. Development yeah. phase and everything. Yeah, it has like concept art and other things. It's like, and it's, it's full fucking metagame. And it's beautiful. It's It's absolutely great. Like I was just... I, I got that when I came back and, and played through for this episode, and um, one of the things that was great for me is I saw uh, a picture of an early level design, and it's like, oh, this was the level design sent in um, as a sample from the person that we hired as our level designer. <laughs> things like that. You just like, I gotcha. There is no fourth wall left to break. <laughs> it's just gone. Yeah, fourth wall breaks, fifth wall breaks. All walls are broken. And this is a uh, after like exploring this art gallery, um, you kind of d- descend through the. I think it's like an elevator, um, and end up in a similar uh, situation to where this female narrator found Stanley, and uh, she's going. He's going forward to this giant crusher, and she's like, "This time, like I, I can't get you out of this." It's like if you want, if you if you want to save Stanley, you need to uh, pause the game and restart. You know, quit, start another run. Because uh, I can't save you this time, and uh, I'm just you know this is this game is all about exploiting your curiosity, and this is one of those times where it's like ah maybe there's it's not quite over yet maybe yeah. there's more to this ending, and if you don't restart then you get crushed <laughs> and you have to restart anyway you have to restart, so um, the game keeps you guessing, which I think is really the draw for. Um, for this particular game, given that mechanically it's not difficult, it's all about finding out what the consequences of your choices are and where they lead. Yeah. When you're so limited on just movement and looking around and like a one-button interaction, you really start to explore a lot. Yeah. You start peering more into the other office spaces of your coworkers, mm-hmm. wherever they may be, or into other rooms and hallways, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, one of the things I found through exploration in the conference room itself, there are a lot of like dumb, funny things written on the whiteboards. Yeah. Such as employee 402 and employee 405 want to get rid of the death sport portion of the primary review schedule, <laughs> which is just, they have all these like little dumb comments of just yeah. people in the workplace and things that are seemingly out of the workplace or go into your typical synergy yeah and coherence and all this other stuff a bunch of buzzwords and things like that i i, I like this because we're looking at the board right now work harder comma work harder <laughs> you mean work harder hard worker <laughs> yeah that is what i meant jake's eyes are not what they used to be folks <laughs> yeah <laughs> we're gonna start a gofundme for his contacts oh my gosh 
It's probably a good call. <laughs> Another one is uh, more water coolers. And then to balance that out, there's more water cooler heaters. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's glorious. Yeah, just the, the sense of humor here is amazing. There's a lot of other little things in the game and a lot of endings that we did not cover because I think a lot of it is better found on your own through yeah. exploration. Because there's certain endings where it just it gets in deep. Yeah. And it's really fun to go on that journey yourself. I think sometimes it's fun to uh, tell you guys uh, we're going to spoil everything, like in the description for this one, and then not... And it's basically like a demo where you thought you were getting the full game. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, usually we should preface like, hey, we're going to spoil some things, but we're too lazy to spoil the full thing. Mm -hmm. We still want you to check it out experience. It's like 15 bucks on Steam. Yeah, it'll go on sale too. This yeah, it's always on sale. You can wait for it. Single player. <laughs> or if you know me and you're at my apartment, you can play. Just ask me. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. People drop by Dave's apartment all the time. Just to dox play me. To please about. dox me. <laughs> Don't dox Dave, please then you'll find me <laughs> all right well i appreciate everyone sticking to the end of this one um as always if you have any ideas you want to send in uh, you can email them into us at or yeah email them into us at soapstonepodcast@gmail.com. uh feel free to like us on facebook facebook.com slash soapstone this is a really short episode though this is abnormally short i don't know if i'm comfortable with a 34 minute podcast that's coming up on hey man not everybody can like last that long it's fine it <laughs> happens to everybody <laughs> yeah but i like to pretend that i can so i think we should i think we should just take what we've got now cut uh -huh. it copy it and uh double our double our length oh yeah just <laughs> just kind of pat it out <laughs> yeah. i did i did giggle at your comment there as well worded but yeah that sounds good let's do that yep sounds good all right We'll see you guys in just a second. This is the story of a man named Stanley. Stanley worked for a company in a big building where he was employee number 427. Employee number 427's job was simple. He sat at his desk in room 427 and he pushed buttons on the keyboard. Orders came to him through a monitor on his desk, telling him what buttons to push, how long to push them, and in what order. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Soapstone. I am Jake, joined by my co-host, as always, Dave. How's it going tonight, Dave? Yeah. Sounds good. <laughs> Dave's actually here. I will be speaking for Dave tonight. Hello. <laughs> Pretty pretty uh, convincing Dave impression I just did there with the hello, but you know. I'm here. I'm here. I'm sorry I'm quiet. <laughs> it's just who I am as a person. <laughs> when people ask you questions, you're just like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. What are we talking about tonight, Dave? Jake, we can't actually just cut and paste the whole episode again. I, I mean, here. I, guess I have fair. something else we can do to pad out time. You know what? I think what we need right now is a bit of music to lighten the mood.
the music. Go back and look at that fern. Stanley, this fern will be very important later in the story. Make sure you study it closely and remember it carefully. You won't want to miss anything.